Hey everyone and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo and as always I am so glad to be with you today. We have, as always, an exciting show. I have an amazing guest, Rocky Romanella is going to be with us today. And we are going to talk about leadership and his book, Tighten the Lug Nuts. And I'm telling you, you want to listen to the show over and over and over again because what Rocky is about to talk to us about is going to help us find a new direction in our lives and leadership. And folks, you know, I've talked about leadership in a number of different ways. And we can define leadership in about 100,000 different ways, just depending on how you view leadership. And one of the things that I know about leadership, and it's the chicken or egg problem for many of you, is like, are leaders born or are they made? And, you know, you know, what is a leader? Is a leader like somebody who's the captain of the football team? Well, I was never the captain of the football team, so that doesn't make me a leader. I never qualified to be, you know, the head leader, so I was never a real leader there. But, folks, leadership is not about a title, okay? We all lead someone, and we all will lead someone, and probably many people. We will mentor somebody. We will be in that position, and it doesn't necessarily come with a title. It just means that by living our life, there is going to be a situation where you're going to lead somebody. I promise you. Our, our guest who's going to be talking us with us today is going to talk about his journey, of leadership, I'm not going to I'm not going to say that it's over because he's still leading people by writing books and speaking around the country. And and when we talk to Rocky, we're going to do that. But before I get to there, there are four things I always check in with you before we get started, and and that is this: Where are you at in your four areas of your life? Where are you at physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually? And I always ask you those questions every week because I want to know from you. On a scale of 1 to 10, where are you at physically? Are you a 3, a 4? 1 being I'm miserable, 10 being I could not be any better physically. Are you eating right? Are you staying in shape? Are you getting to the gym? Are you doing some extra walks? Are you watching what you're putting into your body? Is your body healthy? And then what if you are in a low score, what can you do to change that? And then when we talk about mentally, mentally, where are you at on that scale of 1 to 10? Are you reading things that can expand and grow you mentally and challenge you and your knowledge? Are you maybe learning a new language or trying to learn a new language? Maybe you're learning how to play the guitar, something that's challenging you mentally and helping you grow. Because in all these areas, remember this thing that I say to you every week, and that is this. You're either growing or dying. You're never static. You either are going to grow or you're going to die. So, folks, we it's not a matter of getting from a 1 to a 10. It's just a matter of getting a 3 to a 4. So let's talk about emotionally. Where are you at emotionally on that scale of 1 to 10? Are you controlling your emotions? Do little things get to you? Are you flying off the handle at any little, little thing? We call that emotional intelligence, right? So what's your emotional intelligence quotient? How are you at tuning into other people's emotions, right? All those things are factors in how you're doing emotionally. And then finally, spiritually. You know, and I know that some of you get upset because I talk about spiritually because some of you don't believe in spiritual things, but I promise you, you believe in something and you're connected to something outside of yourself. Whether it is that you have a belief in God or you have a belief in nature or you believe you're your own God, I promise you that you believe in something outside of yourself that you believe helps control a part of your life because there's so many things in our life 
that we cannot explain in science or with our eyes or sight. So I promise you, you have faith in something outside of yourself. And I ask you all the time, how are you doing on that scale of 1 to 10? And it's so important for you to do that. So, And I know that our next guest, Rocky Romanella, is going to contribute to what we're going to talk about today because uh, Rocky... Rocky is, first of all, this is the second time we've done this interview, and hopefully, well, actually, I hope we have to do it a third time, because it would actually be fun to do it with him. He would be awesome, he'd be awesome, because I, I think we're going to wind up being tremendous friends by the time we're all said and done here. And so let me just give you a little insight into Rocky Romanella, because he is absolutely, he's not just a, a leader, but he's a great guy. So he was born in New York City. Raised in New Jersey in an Italian family, imagine that. Uh, he had a 36-year career with UPS, and and he he was an unloader. Yes, he was an unloader, and then he climbed his way up and became president and general manager of the U.S. UPS supply chain. After retiring from UPS, he uh, he went on to serve as the chief executive officer. That would be CEO to those of you who only do initials and director of Unitech Global Services, a mid-cap telecommunication solutions company. His experience in operational management, business integration, telecommunication, franchise development, supply chain, leadership development, uh, um, led to funding 360 management services. That, By the way, that's the number three, and then spelled out S-I-X-T-Y management services. You can go there, .com. So three, the number three, 60managementservices.com. And utilizing his 40 years of experience, He's also written Tighten the Lug Nuts, The Principles of Balanced Leadership, which explores the way a true leader can add value as a trusted advisor, mentor, and visionary who uses a process approach to lead the organization and its people to levels of success. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, please welcome to wherever you are at right now, Rocky Romanella. Rocky, thanks for being on A New Direction. Hey, Jay. It's always a pleasure, and I'm uh, looking forward to discussing some wonderful topics with your audience, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. Uh, as you were doing it, I was thinking, I, I hope i got to figure out a way for my mom to dial in, so she'd love to hear that uh, introduction, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I'll tell you what. I will, when, we, uh, when we put this up, after we record it, we put this up on the podcast, and it goes out to iTunes. I will send you a direct link with your picture and the picture of your yeah. book. And, I, you know, everybody knows, by the way, that when you go to jizo.com, that's J-A-Y-I-Z-S-O.com, when you go to my website and you go to podcasts, I put a picture of the person and I put a put a picture of the book and all the links that you can buy that book at. So Tighten the Lug Nuts is the name of the book. Uh, it's available on Amazon, but just go to your favorite bookstore. If they don't have it on the shelf, tell them you want to see it on the shelf and get it put up there. It's extraordinarily well-priced. You can get it hardcover, paperback, Kindle. And so your mom can listen to the show as many times as she wants to, and uh, we will certainly get her to do that. So, Rocky, so let's talk about leadership, because the listeners that I have out there in this world that listen to the show, and a lot of them listen to it, you know, as part of the podcast later, let's talk about this thing called leadership. What is it? What What is it really? Well, well, you know, I agree with you 100. percent I think that that I think sometimes we get too caught up in titles. You know, and if you listen to that introduction, there's some wonderful titles there. You know, CEO, president, 
but no title is better than a title I currently carry, which is grandpa. Mm. And so when you think about it from that perspective, you start to say, well, put titles on the side for a second. It really starts with being a good person. I think to your point, it starts with being a balanced person. Are you balanced in physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, right? If you have good balance, you're going to be a good leader. And I think we all have leadership concerns, whether we're the little league coach or the soccer coach, the cheerleading coach, all of us at one time or another influence other people, parents, grandparents. And so I think that's what leadership's all about. And I think you step away from this concept of titles, step away from the formality of it. And I think leadership starts with that being a good person. Are you a good person? Are you a person in balance, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually? Do I have a good balance? Do I, you know, and, and I think, you, you know, some of your examples, you know, just from an emotional point of view, do I fly off the handle? Well, you know, that's tough to work for someone or be around someone who goes from zero to 10. You know, I'm a happy person in this moment, and then now I'm at a 10, you know, and, and I just can't control my emotions. So I think that leadership starts with, with being a good person. Leadership starts with this concept of legacy. Do I leave things a little better than I found them? Are people better because of their time with me? And I think that's, to me, that's what leadership's all about. So, you know, there's a lot of people who will say to me, well, Jay, you know, I mean, in my position in life, nobody is really paying attention to what I do. No, nobody, nobody, nobody's going to follow me. I mean, look at what I do. I, I mean, who's going to follow me in my position? What do you, what do you say to a person like that? That just it insists that they, I mean, they feel like they're like what they're doing in life just doesn't, doesn't qualify them as a leader. How do you respond to that? Well, I think it's, it's, it starts with how you view yourself, right? I, I disagree with that completely because if you really take a moment, and, and you know, I, I like to use the example of teachers. You know, I originally went to high school, I went to college, I stayed to be a high school history teacher and a baseball coach. And, you know, certainly, it, you know, I never gave up my teaching passion. I just believed as I was growing inside UPS as a part-timer and loading trailers, I saw the people who I thought were the most effective leaders or, you know, at that moment, they were people who, who really took the time to talk to the people, have them connect the dots. And so I changed my major in college to management, you know, and kind of grew inside UPS. But I never gave up my teaching passion. The classroom for me, Jay, was now inside a business versus in the traditional classroom. And, and so if you expand that a little bit further and you think about that concept of legacy and say, okay, do you leave things a little better than you found them? Are people better because of the time with you? Think about a teacher, for example. If you or I were in a conference and I was giving a keynote and I said to the conference, hey, who is your you know, state senator or state representative or who's the board of ed president in your town? Most people couldn't answer that question. But if I asked the question, who's that teacher that made a difference in your life? Everybody stops, tilts their head. Oh, fifth grade, Miss So and So. Seventh grade, Mr. So and So. So everybody has that teacher who's made a difference in their life. Now, most of those teachers, if you ask them, are you a leader? They would say, no, I'm just a teacher. No, no, you're a leader because you made a difference in someone's life. You left a legacy. And so by that extension, we're all leaders. And I think that's where people, I think, you know, miss that opportunity to, to kind of recognize themselves and say, you know, I did make a difference in someone's life. It may have been that simple act of kindness of saying good morning. Hey, do you need some help? Or, hey, I'll, you know, someone gets a flat tire, you stop and help them. Those are little things that people don't recognize, but are leadership traits. 
you make things a little better and you found them, people are better because of their interaction with you. And so that's why I think we're all leaders in our own way. It's just the style that people are evaluating, not really the, the, the person who's the leader. That's awesome. We're talking with Rocky Romanella here on in A New Direction. And it's you can find him certainly at www3 the number three sixty management services dot com that's number three s i x t y management services dot com. By the way, he's an incredible motivational speaker. Um, he's entertaining. He's he's funny. He's poignant. Uh, folks, if you're looking for a great speaker, please check out Rocky on YouTube. Uh, He's got so many accolades when it comes to speaker, and as somebody who belongs to the National Speakers Association, I love pushing out people who are great speakers. And so I'm telling you, if you're looking for somebody who speaks on leadership and you're looking for the right person, you need to find Rocky Romanella immediately, and you need to get a hold of him and say, I need you to speak at my conference for a bunch of money. That's what you need to do because that's what you need with that. <laughs> He's also written a book called Tighten the Lug Nuts, The Principles of Balanced Leadership, available, of course, on Amazon, but also available at any bookstore. And if it's not there, just ask for it, then get it in for you as well. And we're talking about leadership. And I want to get into this whole idea of legacy because that's an important piece for you when we talk leadership. So why don't you help the listeners understand when we talk legacy and leadership, what are we talking about there? So it's interesting. I mean, I, I didn't recognize it initially when I first started, you know, you know, my, my growth in, in my career. But when you think about legacy, you think about, you know, as we, as we talk, you know, do you need things a little better than you found them? It's almost the thought process that you sit down and you think to yourself, and I tell people all the time who are starting careers and I get a chance to talk to them and say, look, think about what is your legacy? What is it? How is it that you want people to describe you 25, 30 years from now? What is the word that you would like them to use when somebody says, you know, Jay or Rocky Romanello, what's the word? And so I think sometimes people use these great adjectives. Oh, I want them to say I'm aggressive or energetic, decisive. And as you know, Jay, all the key words that, you know, an SEO person would be ecstatic for you to use, you know, but for me, I think the word for me, for example, Rocky Romanella, as I've grown and mature, is thoughtful. I would like, and so when you think about that legacy, you think about, well, let's start at the end. How do I want people to think of Rocky Romanella? And if the word is thoughtful, that means I, I, I thought through circumstances. I thought about how it impacted not only the customers, but our people, our stakeholders. I, I thought through things, right? People viewed me as a thoughtful individual. And so then as you, if that's something that you view important and whatever that word is or however you think pe you would like people to think about you, well, then you start to work backwards. And so as you're challenged along your career or situations come up and you're at that crossroads of how do I handle it, when, when you're always thinking about, well, how do I want to be defined? I want to be defined as a thoughtful leader. Well, a thoughtful leader is going to have good integrity. I want to be thought of as a person who, who's a caring individual, right? Well, then I'm, I'm going to err on the side of doing the right thing by people and making sure that I treat them with dignity and respect. And I'm always thinking about those kinds of things. So I would say this legacy concept kind of gets you to think about how do I want to be thought of? It's almost sort of, I don't want to be morbid, it's almost kind of the thought of writing your obituary at 21 years old, getting into the work field, you know, getting into your professional life. 
thinking, okay, someday at 55, 60, how do I want people to think about me? And then you're kind of building that journey and you're, and you're adding to that legacy as you move through that journey. That's awesome. So I, I, I love that whole thing of legacy. Matter of fact, um, my wife and I were talking about legacy because she, she's an extraordinarily successful businesswoman and in our area here in the Research Triangle Park of North Carolina. And, you know, I said, you know, Rocky talks about starting, really starting backwards and then, you know, starting from the end and working our way back. And I said, you know, it's really an interesting perspective because we're constantly, you know, we put out so many fires in trying to build a legacy. But the truth is, rather than build the legacy, why don't we already visualize what the legacy is and how we want to be remembered? And then let's create the steps backwards to how we can get there. Because I said that just seems to make so much more sense. Am, am I am I capturing the essence of what you're saying? Oh, absolutely. And and what happens is is that you start to do it routinely without actually ever taking an inventory or saying, oh, okay, am I doing all the right steps? And my, my example would be my dad, who uh, since passed, and I'm sure your dad as well, who when, when you think about it, they left such a great legacy, but never consciously said, okay, I'm, I mean, hi, I'm Pasquale Romanella, and I'm going to leave a legacy. No, it's his actions. It's... You know, it's who he was as an individual. You know, I, I say that each of us has to take inventory of who we are as a person. There's three key questions you have to ask yourself. Who am I? What do I stand for? And what won't I compromise? And once you clearly understand those three things about yourself, you know, you start to make much different decisions. Okay, well, this is who Rocky Romanell is. This is what he stands for. But this is what he won't compromise. And so as you're moving through the journey, I don't think you – you know, go, you know, take an inventory of, okay, I got to do these things so that that's what my end result looks like. It's just, an, it's, it's becomes part of you and it becomes part of that thing that you won't compromise. And so I think that that's what's so important. And then what happens is, is, you know, my dad used to always say, it's what you do when no one's watching that counts. And I would say to him, well, dad, you know, that's the best part. Nobody's watching. And he kind of laughed and he would say to me, and it kind of goes to your spirituality, uh, number four, but he was saying to me, well, there's always two people watching, the man upstairs and the person looking in the mirror. And so you always have an accountability to yourself. And so if you're that spiritual person, as you said, that may believe, you know, believe in, in the fact that there is no God. Okay, but there, that's a belief. Right. You have a strong belief that you don't believe in that. Okay, but that's a belief system. But it's important for you to understand that there's always that accountability of looking in the mirror there's always that accountability of saying, okay, I, ha I have to reconcile with myself every day that I was true to myself, I was true to my beliefs, I was true to the things that I said I would never compromise. And I think that's how you kind of navigate that journey. It's not as overt as everybody thinks it is, but what happens is it becomes part of your fabric. And so you start to think to yourself, you start to do things intuitively and naturally as part of that journey. And then when you're off the course a little bit, it doesn't feel right. It's like, well, this isn't who I am. I mean, I'm like, you know, it's like when you, you, you know, you have that crazy night or you do something that's out of, out of character and it's like, and you know yourself, this doesn't feel like Rocky or this doesn't feel like Jay. This isn't who I am. And so you kind of get yourself back in shape pretty quickly. I love that. We're talking with Rocky Romanella, author of the book, Tighten the Lug Nuts. He's also the owner and operator and CEO of 360 Management Services, and you can find that at the number 3, S-I-X-T-Y, managementservices.com. 
and uh, we're gonna we've been talking about leadership and the things that go into it and uh, we're gonna talk about tighten the lug nuts before I get there though I want to comment on something that you said Rocky and that is you know I, I, I always say every week you know I always ask people to check in with themselves about their spirituality or the, you know the four areas of their life because I believe we're four-part people physical mental emotional and spiritual and I, I find it interesting you know that some people will say well I don't believe in God and I, I say to them I said well because okay, I you know you know I know that the worst thing I can ever do is go to them and say well how could you not do that I mean that, that right? right that's that's not right. going to go anywhere that conversation is not going to happen so I always say to them I said well that's fine I said but you know what you do believe in something and they go no I don't believe in anything I said well yeah, absolutely you do I, I I say because even if you don't believe in God then you have to believe in yourself that you're going to get something done so you have faith in you, which means that you have that you make yourself your own god. Therefore, you do believe in you. I said so. At the very least, you're spiritual with you, so you're connected to something, right? right? At the very, yeah, at the very, yeah. at the end, you believe in something. I'm sorry. Even when people say, "Well, I don't believe in anything," well, you, do you believe that you can get this done? Well, yeah, because well, okay, well then you believe in yourself. That makes you a god. Therefore, you're, you're good. Um, so. Uh, so let's. I want to talk about the book "Tighten the Lug Nuts" because uh, the, this book is a fabulous book. I, I've got to read more and more of it, and and read some of the chapters over and over again, and have enjoyed it more. Matter of fact, um, I'm really I'm 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 getting a copy to give to my wife because my wife owns uh, her own real estate company here in the Raleigh uh, Research Triangle Park area, and uh, they read a book. They, they read books throughout the year. They try to get through about four or five books a year as a team, uh, including the you know the sales agents and the staff. And everybody's responsible for a chapter, and then they have to you know disseminate it. And I really want them to read your book because I think that your book fits so well into not just leadership but accountability and 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 so many uh, other areas of not just again it's not it's more than leadership. This book's more than leadership. This book is about you being better as a human being and, and better as a person and better relationally. And I, I I found the book just so engaging and funny and at the same time uh, just an enjoyable read. But the thing that uh, I, the first thing my wife said, she says to me, tighten the lug nuts? She said, whoa, 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 help me understand tighten the lug nuts. So, I know that the listeners are going to ask that question. So let's answer the question. What, why the title, Tighten the Lug Nuts, as a leadership book? Well, it's funny because, uh, as you know, in the book, I, each chapter has its own sort of lesson and its own story, and the book is full of stories and, and written from my, my good friend, third person, Joe Scafone. And so uh, the story goes as, as I was uh, in one of my assignments, and I would love to get up and, you know, get out every morning and visit whatever building I was in and take a walk around and, and talk to our people and thank them for the wonderful job they did on behalf of our organization, UPS at the time. And so uh, we had a problem in, in this one area and what I was going to do was go out and, and find that supervisor that had that responsibility. And my favorite line was, you know, challenge them in a positive way to say, Hey, look, someone's going to be the best at this. And think about your, you know, your wife's real estate. Someone's going to be the best absolute realtor, in the, you know, in, in the triangle area. Why not us? Why not you, right? And so that's my challenge. Hey, someone's going to be the best at this element. Why not you? And so as I'm walking to visit them, I see that uh, 
one of the vehicles has some loose lug nuts, which isn't unusual with the vibration and the traveling. And so I walked over and I asked, sure enough. So as I'm approaching the supervisor to tell him that I've got this big assignment for him, I think he's the right person for it. And I really, you know, challenge him why someone's going to be the best at it. Why not him? I say to him, before I get to this, you know, you got the vehicle over there that's got some loose lug nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's so interested in what I'm going to ask him to do and how he's going to impress me for doing it. And so as uh, I said to him, okay, whatever help you need, we're going to get this done. You're the right person for it. So a few days later, I go looking for him to see how he's doing on this element. And I said, I said, uh, hey, where's so-and-so? And sure enough, Jay, they're like, hey, he's tied up in his office. He's got kind of bogged down in the problem. So I walk in, and he's all disheveled. And I said, what's up? He said, I can't believe it. I got no luck. Nothing ever goes my way. I said, what's the matter? He said, well, one of the drivers called. Not, it's not a problem, but, but he thinks the front tire is loose, and you know, i got to get a new vehicle out there. And i gotta got to stop everything I'm doing and the thing you asked me to do. I said, well, wait a second. Isn't that the vehicle I told you about? He said, yeah. I said, well, why don't you tighten the lug nuts? And he looked at me, and I said, hey, that's the lesson here is when, you allowed, when the lug nuts were loose the other day, they were important. But today you allow them to become urgent. And when you allow important things to become urgent, you can only handle so many urgent things. Then you get overwhelmed. Then you start to think, I got no luck. and Nothing ever goes my way. Well, you created this situation when you didn't tighten the lug nuts. And so the, the, the book title comes from that story of, hey, don't allow important things to become urgent. Tighten the lug nuts when you can. And as you know, in life, both personally and professionally, when we allow these things, you know, procrastination is the killer. And so when we allow these loose lug nuts, things we could have tightened but we didn't, and then we get overwhelmed, it, it, we really had that chance to tighten the lug nuts when we could. And so that's the, that's the book. It, that's one of the chapters and it's one of the stories. And, you know, it, it, the, 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 the goal is to tighten the lug nuts. You know, don't allow important things to become urgent. Mm, I love that. I, I just had that lesson re-explained to me professionally. Seriously, I went back home to Nebraska. I was raised on the farm and was staying with a friend on his little farm out in the country. And this is a this is a town of 119 people. Okay, so I mean, this is country country. This isn't it's where I was raised. And he pulls out this gadget, and it's this yellow mechanical hand mechanical looking gadget. And he says, "Do you remember what this is?" And I said, "I said, is that a fence tightener?" that we used to tighten the barbed wire fences with. And he said, yeah, that's what it was. And it, the story is so similar because if we didn't tighten the fences at the beginning, the animals would get out, even through barbed wire, right? And so now all of a sudden things got urgent for me. Right. We're chasing the pigs back across or the cows or whatever. We're chasing them back across the road to get them in the right place. Now we're having to tighten the, the the barbed wire fence, which we should have done at the beginning, but because we didn't do it tight enough, we let it get out of control. And I it it was a great it was a great visual lesson and reminder for myself to to say and and by the way, and I had to take extreme ownership because how many times have all of us listeners gotten to the situation where we allowed things to get out of control because we didn't set boundaries up front. And so what happens is we we didn't set our boundaries tight enough, and the next thing you know, we're doing more and more and more and more to the point that we're out of control, we're overwhelmed, we feel stressed, because we just didn't set the boundaries. We didn't make them tight enough. We didn't tighten the lug nuts right up front that we should have, 
and now it's gotten so out of control you're not sure how to handle it and 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 folks we all know that we go through this and we have to take our own responsibility for it we have to be we we have to take extreme ownership for the fact that we didn't set the boundaries tight enough we didn't tighten the lug nuts and i think that's an important lesson from this book and and i and and i love your character joe scaffone okay now i know that those people who know me and know that i you know, study Italian, and and they they're going to say, Jay, you're not pronouncing it right. I go, I because every Italian word ends in a vowel. I know it's Joe Scafone, and if you really want, it should be Giuseppe Scafone, but that's okay. That's another that's another <laughs> lesson. Okay, that's another, another lesson for us. Yeah, that's, that's that's another Italian lesson. So, but but you know, we're Americanizing it. You know, it's not it's it's not prosciutto, it's prosciutto. Okay, that's that's how we say it up north. Um, anyway, so let's talk about Joe Scafone. Because uh, Joe Scafone is the character in the story, and uh, he has his own story, right? Because I mean, uh, this isn't just somebody you made up. Joe's been with you for a long time, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And, and listen, before I get to Joe Scafone, quick side story. So I moved uh, nine times, I think, eight or nine times with UPS. But one of my moves was Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> so I lived in Des Moines, Iowa. Number one question Rocky Romanella got in Des Moines, Iowa. Hey, are you in a witness protection program? If I was in the witness protection, right? I'd be, I'd be Joe Smith. I wouldn't be Rocky Romanella. I but yeah. I love, we love living in Iowa. But so when you were talking about Nebraska, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, no, my, my dad was, um, my, my dad was from New Jersey and he was from, well, we, we talked about earlier you know, he graduated from Woodbridge High School, and so uh, he he was from New Jersey. My mom was from Cotterett High, and they moved to Nebraska when I was a baby. And so uh, they, I, they always got the question was, or, or are they in the witness protection program? I'm like, going, are you kidding me? What, what, do you think they would leave? Do you think they'd leave his name? You know, Izzo. Do you think that would be a safe name to put him under? I mean, don't you think they would think about maybe, you know, like, you know, McFadden or something like that? I mean, it, it wouldn't be Izzo. I, I always would say that to them when we grew up. So, yeah. so let's talk about Joe Scafone not in the witness protection program, although he could be. Uh, so talk to us about Joe Scafone. So years ago when, when people would bring me an idea or, or we would have a conversation about something that, you know, someone in the group wanted to talk about, I never liked the feeling of, this, you know, saying, uh, well, you know what, Jay, that's a good idea, but what if, or what if you looked at it differently, or, or what if, if maybe it, it took a different approach? And I always felt like that, that sometimes it, it sort of put up a barrier or maybe stifled conversation. But I, I wanted to challenge people to be the best they could be. And, I, I, and I, I've always wanted to challenge people in a positive way, not to stop at the first right answer. And of course, as you know, it is a right answer, but you want to challenge people to move past that first right answer maybe look behind that first right answer and you can find something a little deeper, a little wider. And so for me, in, or, the way to do that, years ago, I would say, you know, I, I created Joe's phone. And so if Jay brought me an idea or someone brought me an idea, if Mary brought me an idea and said, hey, look, you know, I, this is what I, you know, I think this is an approach that we could take, I would say, well, that's a good idea, Mary, but you think Joe's phone thinks that's a good idea? What do you think Joe's phone would think? And people would laugh and smile, but it was a way for me to challenge them to be the best they could be and maybe not stop at that first right answer. And so Joe became a part of you know, all the discussions. And, you know, as, as I kind of, as people got to know me and spent more time with me and 
you know, people would always say to me, uh, they come in the meeting and say, I already covered this with Joe. Joe thinks this is a good idea. <laughs> All right, that's good. Let me, let me look at it first. So, and in fact, when I wrote the book, without even realizing it, people would say, is Joe in the book? And I'm like, Joe's the main character in the book. And uh, so awesome. it was, uh, it just became part of the Rocky Romanella, I guess. One of the stories that you, that you shared with me about our friend Joe Scaffone is, is if it was your candy store, would you spend the money? And I would like you to talk about this because when I talked about this with my wife, because I have said, you know, when I've gone to speak in front of marketing classes at universities and colleges, and I've, I, I, when I've been in front of them, I, you know, I always ask the first question I generally ask is, what's the easiest thing for you to do as a marketer? And, you know, they'll come up with, you know, it's graphic design or something else, right? And I'll say, no, it's spending someone else's money. And it's it and and they'll they'll look at me in stunned silence, right? Because I just like all of a sudden, and the professor, whoever the professor is, looks at me like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I didn't teach them that, right? That you know, the easiest thing for them to do once they get at, once they become marketers out of college, is you're going to spend someone else's money. And you related the same similar story. So talk to us about the candy store. I love your candy store analogy because this is a great analogy. I think that will help. Um, managers, CEOs, and leaders. Well, thank you. So, so as you know, in the book, I talk about this concept of balanced leadership and this concept of you think like a customer, you make sure your people feel like valued individuals, and you act like an owner in all the things that you do. And so, as, so for me, this balance, and it's it's similar. If you think about it, your balance is the four, right? You know, your balance is physical, you know, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, right? And so, you know, so you and I both are on the same page about this concept of balance. You have to be in balance. And to your point, you just can't focus on your physical and, and not be spiritually well and emotionally well. And so for me, this concept of balance leadership is these three con- these three key constituents, customers, people, and stakeholders, shareholders. And so a person would bring me an idea and say, hey, uh, I, we've got this new product that we think is so important and, and it's going to be, you know, we think it's going to help grow our business. And so, of course, you have a presentation and the customers are usually well represented and someone in marketing and sales, as you know, They've done a 50 point, 50 page PowerPoint and it's, it's all well laid out. Of course, the CFO is sitting there. He or she's pounding on a calculator and, oh, we can make good money at this price. And, and so if, if the people weren't represented, I would say, well, well how about our people? Who, what's the training they need? Do they understand why it's an important product? You know, what role do they play? If there's a service disconnect, how do they handle it? And so at that point, you've really, you know, taken care of the three key constituents, customers, people, and shareholders, stakeholders, profitable product fits a need in the marketplace and our people will understand what role they play and why it's important. And I would look at them and that would be the last question I would ask is because all three are taken care of. I would look at them and say, well, let me ask you this. If this was your candy store, if you were writing the check out of Rocky Romanella's checkbook, would you write the check? Mm-hmm. And I will tell you 20% of the time, Jay, people say no. Mm-hmm. And you, and the first time you kind of get taken back and you're like, excuse me. And mm-hmm. someone would say to me, well, you told me you needed us to, you know, grow our revenue. You know, we needed to find a new product set, or we needed to do this. We needed to do that. But if you're asking me if I would write the check, no. And eighty percent of the time, people would say, "Yeah, no, no, no. I really believe in this." And for me, once you said you would write that check personally, a you were vested. B you thought through the consequence. You were you, you were thoughtful about it. You thought about you know you looked at it from its widest consequences. You knew the upside, but you also took care of the downside. Because owners have to do those things, right? Because owners actually write the check 
from their personal checking account, right? And I learned that from my UPS days when I had the UPS store. I got a chance to meet some of the greatest entrepreneurs and just wonderful, wonderful people who were running their stores who literally slid everything they owned across the table and said, I'm buying a UPS store. And so when you think about ownership, the ultimate, you know, people say they have P&L responsibility in companies. And as you said, when you're, when you're speaking to a marketing group, you know, they, they all think they understand P&L, but the ultimate P&L responsibility is you hit the cash register, the door opens, you pay your people, you pay your vendors, and what's left in that cash register draw is what you take home for your family. And that's the ultimate ownership. And so what I'm looking for when I ask that question is, if this was your candy store and you paid all the people, you paid all the vendors, what's left in that cash register draws what you're taking home for your, to your family, would you write the check? Right. And if you're saying yes, even if I may not agree 100%, I'm going with you because you're vested, you've thought through it, and you're thinking like an owner. You're thinking like it's your candy store. Yeah, I, I love that. It, but, it, Rocky, i got to tell you, it is hard, is it not, to get an, the, to get people who are not in that management or responsible for the P&Ls, is it? It's difficult to get them to take ownership. I, I, I see it when I consult so frequently that there are people who the owner, you know, here the owner is hiring me to go into their company and create a culture, right, of ownership and accountability. And it is very difficult to get people who don't write the check to feel responsible for the check. And how and and I may be putting you on spot here, and I don't really mean to, but what what I mean, do you find that's true, and and do you have a solution to that? So so yes, I, I do find that true, but that's the that's a trick, right? See see successful companies, whether they're one or two person companies or they're organizations, you know, four hundred thousand people like the UPS or General General Electric, pick a company. At the end of the day, that's the, that's the success uh, equation because they're your brand ambassadors. They're the closest people to your customers, right? So that UPS driver is the, is the brand of the UPS. It's not Rocky Romanello or today it's uh, Dave Abney. It's, no, it's that driver who interacts every day with your customers. He or she's carrying the brand. So to the degree to which you can get everybody in your organization to feel ownership or feel like they're part of something or feel like what their, their work matters or, or they're not part of the problem, they're part of the solution, is really the trick inside your organization. Now, I will say that one of the things that I, 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 I truly believe in my heart of heart, that's this concept of empowerment. I think that, unfortunately, people use that word or they throw the word around a lot, but they really don't understand empowerment. Mm-hmm. See, empowerment to me is people's responsibility has to equal their authority. And so they have, you know, they have to understand that, okay, I've given you the responsibility to handle these things, but I have to give you the authority to do those things. And if you want to know if people are truly empowered, true empowerment is when people discipline themselves. True empowerment is when people discipline themselves. So how do you know that? So you're the goalie on the, on the travel hockey team and the puck goes in the net. You and you and you know I'm all upset and I'm banging my stick and I'm just so disappointed in myself. 
Well, you don't pile on. You give me the lifesaver. You say, well, look, I know that the goalie's upset and he's taking ownership. He's empowered because he's disciplined himself. He's upset with himself. It's your employee who's upset with themselves and walks in and says, walk, walks into you and says, you know, Jay, this didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. Hey, we had this service disconnect. I'm really sorry. This is what I'm going to do different. Empowered employee. Now take the goalie example. When the, when the puck goes in and the goalie says to you, the defense is terrible. Mm. I, I can't do this all by myself. Well, they're not empowered. They're looking for excuses for everybody else. So, wow. so the degree to which you get everybody in your organization to discipline themselves through empowerment, feel like they're part of the process, they understand what roles they play. And it's not easy to do, as you know. Because, but, but that's what your goal is, to get those people that feel good about themselves and understand what role they play and why why the things that they do matter and why they matter to you. And I think that that's, you're right. I mean, if you can get there, though, it's, it's a great organization. And then all of a sudden, people are doing things when no one's watching. And for me, you know, the great example for me was always as a UPSer, right? I mean, you know, we travel around the country. We would get relocated. And, of course, Debbie, you know, like your wife, just a great person, just, a, you know, just, you know, she's the, the rock of the family, but also the, the vibrant person, right? Everybody knows that. So, you know, we'd move and she'd say, come on, we're going to a block party. We're going to go meet neighbors. I'm like, Deb, we're going to move again. If we don't meet him, we don't have to say goodbye. No, no, we're, <laughs> we're going. So we go, so we go, say that I go. So we go meet the neighbors, right? And uh, so, of course, somebody would say, well, how'd you get here? And I, well, well I got transferred here. Who do you work for? I work for UPS. The next thing they would say is what always made me feel so good about being a UPS. So they said to me, hey, do you know my driver? Now think about that for a second. Wow. That means the driver's doing the right thing. So it happens all the time. You know, you meet somebody, oh, my driver, you know, I never have a problem with misdeliveries. He, he or she calls me. I gave him the garage code. They, they, that's how you know they're empowered. That's how you know that they're thinking like it's, a, it's their candy store. And so to the degree, Jada, which you can get everyone in your care. I never say people work for you, for, for me or for you. They work, they're in our care. To the degree to which people in our care can, can feel like they, they understand what their roles and responsibility are, why they're important. Each of us is important in our own way. I think that's, that's the trick. If you can get that, if you can get there, that's, 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 that's no one's going to beat you. I, and I love that. And I think uh, we have only a couple minutes left and we've been talking with Rocky Romanella, author of Tighten the Lug Nuts, also the owner of 360 Management Services. That's the number three, S-I-X-T-Y, managementservices.com. You can check him out. He is, Available to consult, he is available to speak, uh, training, you name it, they they do it. I have been, I have looked through their training program, I've looked through their consulting services, they've got a coach's corner on the 360 Management website. He talks about the balanced leadership model, uh, and his book, of course, is absolutely fantastic. If, if you go to Amazon, you will see that it is incredibly well-received has 22 amazing customer reviews and more are to come and he's um he's been a fantastic guest and i am so glad that we had him here today and rocky before i let you go and uh because i know that we uh have to end our time i don't want to do that but if you had to close the program from your end with something that you would like to leave the listeners with what would that be 
I say, you know, this concept of legacy is so important. And in the simplest form, it comes down to you leave things a little better than you found them. Are people better because of their time with you? Whether that's as a neighbor, whether that's as a delivery coach, a teacher, a mentor. I mean, it's those simple kinds of things. But it's so important, right? It's, it's how do people view you? And what's that word that you would like them to use when, it, when, they, when they describe you? What's that word that they want to use? And so that's such an important, that word legacy is such an important concept. And I think that you're going to find out when you get done reading the book that you're a much better person than you give yourself. You're not as good as you'd like to be, but you're much better than you give yourself credit for. Oh, gosh, could we, could we finish that any better than that? Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo. We've had an amazing guest with us, Rocky Romanella. Rocky, I want to say thank you for being with us. Folks, before we part, you know, the one thing I want to tell you is you can make a decision to change. It's it's a decision. You don't have to feel good about it. You don't even have to like it. But if you commit to it, you can change. You can become a better leader. You can become a better person. You can relate better to others. You don't have to take giant steps. We just want you to take small steps. And what Rocky is describing here in Tighten the Lug Nuts is just a small step. If you just tighten the lug nuts, man, you could save yourself a lot of problems in your future. And so, folks, you know, the goal of the show is to help you get one step closer, one baby step closer to your new direction. And Rocky Romanella helped us do that tonight. And so I want to thank you, Rocky, again for your time. And I, I apologize that we've had to do this a couple times, but it's well worth it because I clearly know that deep in my heart and my soul that you're doing something to change me. And that's awesome. So, Rocky, thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Jay. And uh, listen, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And if you need anything, count on the rockster here. <laughs> count on your pal from Jersey. Absolutely. And uh, I got a feeling that you and I are actually going to meet in person over a bottle of wine and uh, maybe uh, a little bit of pasta or maybe some, uh, I don't know, anti-pasta. How about that? There you go, man. I would love it. I would love it. All right, brother. I will I will talk with you soon, online or off. Thank you so much, Rocky. All right. Give my best to your wife, too. All right. Say, and say, tell your wife the same. Thank you. All right. Take care, my friend. Right, you too. <laughs> Bye-bye. And that's the show, folks. Thank you for listening to A New Direction. As always, be inspired. Because remember, you're just one step away from being different and being better. I will talk to you soon.